You're listening to Deliberate Living, the podcast that inspires, empowers, and encourages listeners to live life more authentically. My name is Holly Priestley, and I'm a nomad, coach, creator, and outdoors woman. And I'm Beers, a vagabond, joy artist, permissionary, and story breaker. We explore different ways people choose to ditch the prescribed life we've all been sold and live on their terms. Finding freedom and happiness however they choose. Hey, hey, I'm Beers. And I'm Holly. And this week we are talking about routines, uh, which is a topic that Holly and I have, uh, we've hinted at a lot that we are very different in this regard. So Holly, (laughs) tell us a little bit about your relationship with routines. Yeah, yeah. Um, So if you've been a listener of the podcast for a while, you know that a few months ago I had an episode specifically on my morning routine and specifically on like how I develop it, what it's looking like right now, um, my recommendations for other people who want to give routines. And we'll touch on all of that as well in this episode. But in general, I think it's safe to say that I like a routine. I am a fan of a routine. What's a routine? To a point. (laughs) So beers, a routine is one of those things that you do on a regular basis for to uh, achieve some goal or establish some kind of like life thing. Um, So you're saying that they're repetitive and rote? Yeah, they are generally somewhat repetitive. Uh, Often they require some semblance of self-discipline and they generally should be benefiting your life in some way. Like even a routine as small as like brushing your teeth before you go to bed, like that is a routine. So even people who are like, I don't have a single routine. Like, I really hope you brush your teeth before you go to bed. I super hope that is your only routine. (laughs) If that's the only one you have, that is better than nothing. Um, But yeah, like different people have different like levels of routines. And I know some people who are like super type A, super organized. Like if you looked at their Google calendar, it would probably give you anxiety, (laughs) you specifically. Um, But even me, sometimes I'll look at their Google calendar and I'll be like, oh my God, it's so pretty. It's so organized. (laughs) And if I tried to like apply that to my life, I would go nuts. So like, I need like a very specific, like I need routine, non-routine. You know what I mean? It's really funny that you mentioned Google calendar uh, because how long ago was this now? This was over a decade ago, 12 years ago, uh, I, I was using Google Calendar for everything, had all of my calendars color-coded, mm-hmm. and I'd been using Palm Pilots from like high school on, and then oh. was using like Palm Treo smartphones, and like long before iPhone came out, and then I one day decided for reasons that maybe we'll touch on at some point, Uh, I decided that I needed to get rid of my iPhone. And one day I just did. I went and I got a flip phone and there were so many things that I had to, that I found that I had to do to like replace the functionality of my phone. But one of them that I actually really enjoyed was I got a little uh, 18 month moleskin uh, calendar that fit in my back pocket 
and I had this little set of uh, of tiny colored pencils. I think I got it at like the the uh, Japan exhibit at, at, at Epcot. And they, they like lots of tiny things. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> so I had I, I put it in the little pocket in the back of the moleskin. And I continued all of the color codings that I had had on my Google calendar. I continued them into the moleskin using these, these tiny little colored pencils. And yeah. it was very organized. It was very neat. And yeah, that was, that was how I did my life for a while. And, it, and I enjoyed it. Oh man, I gotta, I gotta just say, I am jealous of pants having pockets that are big enough for a moleskin. <laughs> just that, you know, my back pocket on most of my jeans that I've ever owned would not fit a moleskin. Maybe my Carhartts because they are very unisex, but like that would is- Would the pockets a, on, uh, on, on, on she fly pants fit a moleskin? You know, I don't know, but I should, I'll test it when I get okay. my pair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I think that's really interesting that um, you kind of went the opposite direction of most people. Most people like have the, the paper planners that they physically write things down in, you know, with a pen or a pencil or whatever, and then they move to Google Calendar or some other kind of like online functionality so that they can have their phone because they always have their phone and it's so much easier and phones do fit in most pockets. Um, and you kind of went the other way. You're like, I'm super digital. Everything is online and I'm going to go the opposite direction and like go to pen and paper. Um, did you, did you drop anything in that period of time I feel like the transition is always like I got everything oh no fuck I didn't get everything <laughs> missed that one really important detail I in terms of like did I, did I miss anything on my calendar that yeah. I'd forgotten about I don't think I did but I definitely had anxiety several times when I thought I had lost my paper calendar uh, Ooh, yeah. because that's a massive benefit of having things on Google calendars it's just always there yeah. uh you can just pull it up on a laptop if you lose your phone or whatever and i i never did lose it i actually um we just spoke spoke about possession purges uh recently but um i believe i actually still have held on for 12 years with i think it's with my stack of journals um that uh that moleskin calendar that i used for those 18 months yeah so then so then I want to touch on why you were using such a detailed uh, calendar system, because we all know that you are not really into structure and routines, which is a bold-faced lie, um, and you are more like, well, with the flow and everything is so easy, and like, so why were you so anal-retentive about your calendar when we all know that's not how you are? <laughs> <laughs> or is it? Or is it? The more we record, the more we work together on this project, the more I see that, you know, we joke that I'm the anal retentive one, that I'm the uptight one, that I'm the one who likes schedules and routines. But we're, we're learning that this might not be true. That beers <laughs> might actually be the structured one. And I'm the go with the flow person. And I think it's fantastic. <laughs> I... I feel attacked. <laughs> attacked or seen. <laughs> uh, can they be one and the same? I suppose they can. Yeah, they're not mutually exclusive. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, I, 
I feel like I'm maybe recovering anal retentive. <laughs> uh, when when I, and I, I, I think I've mentioned this before on here, but when I lived in a house before I got on the road, before I became nomadic, I, I had things going on all the time. I, my social calendar was just full. I, just at my own home, I would have people over three to five times a week for all sorts of gatherings and events. And those were nor- almost always scheduled, planned things, not like drop in and, oh yeah, come on in. Although I enjoyed that when it happened. Uh, there wasn't a ton of space for that. And one of the things as I got on the road is I found that I benefited a lot from lack of structure. It gave me more space to think thoughts that I had been afraid to think for a long time. It gave me more space to uh, to create and do things that I just didn't really have time or space for, um, in my life before then. And so I've become a little bit more protective of not bogging myself down with lots and lots of things, both like physical things, the possession purge episode, but also like tons and tons of things on my calendar that I am required to, I've committed myself to be here at this time for this thing. We talked, another thing we talked about in the uh, freedom of, uh, of time episode. Um, but it's, yeah, I feel like I, I, there, there definitely is a part of me that does like some level of precision. I don't know (laughs) if I'll say routine, but some level of precision. Mm -hmm. But but enough (laughs) about me. Let's talk about you. (laughs) What do you want to know about my love of routine? Yeah. So, well, before, before we started this recording, we were talking a little bit about the relationship between routine and discipline. And I know that you've got some really big goals that you're working on. Um, uh, I can think of several of them just off the top of my head that I know have been built into your regular routines. Um, So yeah, share a little bit about how like some of your routines have been a way for you to be disciplined to achieve some of your goals. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the relationship between discipline and routine is really interesting and like kind of nuanced. Um, they're not the same thing in general. And I, I have kind of a love hate relationship with, you know, self-discipline and like the concept of it, because I think that it is used as a weapon a lot of the times, like, oh, if you can't keep a routine, then you just don't have enough self-discipline and that makes you a bad person. And like, I don't think that's fucking true at all. Um, I think that like humans have kind of a finite well of self-discipline every day. And I'm not going to go into the science of it because that's not what this is about. 
but like we some use of my religious background is very much aware and very resistant uh to the idea of discipline just from some of the way that's that that was handled in uh in, in those settings so i feel yeah. you there I think it can be weaponized. I think it, the concept of self-discipline can be weaponized against other people or against yourself. Like, oh, I just don't have enough self-discipline for that. I must be bad. I'm like not good enough mm -hmm. in this way, not whatever Dang. enough in that way. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's true. I think that you can have routine without having self-discipline. And I think that routine can help you build self-discipline, but at the same time, you need to kind of create your routines around the finite discipline that you do have, like recognize that you're not going to have an endless well of self-discipline, even like, you know, <laughs> the most self-disciplined person, you know, in your life, um, not celebrities. I mean, actual human beings, you know, in your life, like most people, we get tired, you know, we get decision fatigue, like make your routines as easy as possible if you actually want to have a routine in your life. Um, and so, you know, in my morning routine episode, I talk about how to start a morning routine and starting it really, really, really small with one tiny thing, start with one thing and then, you know, move on from that. Once you get your one tiny thing that works, maybe stack a thing on top of that. So then you have your routine that you've already done and one little tiny thing will take a little bit of discipline to build but once it becomes a routine, the discipline kind of goes away and then it's just part of your routine. You don't have to like discipline yourself to do it. So then you stack another thing on top of that and stacking takes a little bit of discipline, but the routine that you already have, the foundational routine that you already have on it, you stack something else on top of it, it takes a little bit of discipline, but then it becomes routine. So the level of discipline that you need to achieve the routine goes away because the routine just becomes part of your norm. So then you stack on top of that. So that's kind of how I recommend doing routines is starting very small, starting with one thing, not over pressuring yourself to like have a shit ton of discipline, work with right. what you got and like be gracious with yourself as you figure it out. So yeah, you've discussed your morning routine on a prior episode, but what, what specifically like right now, like what are some of the routines that you've built in for some of these big goals, if you're comfortable talking about those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one of the biggest goals that I have right now that I'm, uh, that I recently started sharing on Instagram, um, is that I registered for a 50 K in May. And so at the time of this recording, that is what, like four months away, um, slightly less than four months. Shit. I should not have done the math. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, <got> this. but <laughs> in terms of like having a routine and having self-discipline, right? Like having a plan that is so far out, that is four months out, which is relative, whether that's far out or not. Um, I can't just wake up one day and be like, this is the task I have to do today. This is the thing I have to do today. Is this, is this one 50 K right? Like I need to work up to that between now and then. Like if I ran, if I went out and tried to run a 50K today, like maybe I could do it as a very big, maybe probably not could do it. <laughs> um, but in order for me to do it and to do it in a way that I enjoyed it and like that I consider successful, I need to work on that between now and then I need to take actions, you know, seven days a week, even if I'm not running seven days a week or working out seven days a week, rest days are an active part of my of my routine to train for this race, um, which is its own, you know, separate <laughs> issue. Right. But like it's taking discipline now 
and every day for the next four months until race day for me to be able to accomplish race day as much as possible. And so that it's a little bit of discipline. It's a little bit of routine. And as I just mentioned, like I have already built running as a habit, as part of my routine, as part of my weekly routine. Um, I don't run every day. Even before training for this, I don't run every day, but my routine is still daily, whether it's a running day or a resting day or a cross training day or whatever day. Um, and so that is helping me like kind of just level up my self-discipline just a little bit. Like I'm going to run this many miles. Okay. Then I'm going to run this many miles and I'm going to run this many miles and I'm going to run this many miles. But the running part was already part of my routine. It's the distance that's changing. It's right. things that go into running longer distances that are changing, right? Like I need to get my body used to running longer distances. And that is just as much, you know, my muscles, my legs, my feet, as it is my stomach, you know, oh. like I have to, I have to change what I'm eating, what I'm consuming huh. during my runs, what I'm consuming after and before my runs, I have to change all of these things. Like running a 50 K for me right now is not just running a 50 K. It is a holistic lifestyle kind of alteration, right? Like I'm experimenting with different fuel sources, um, different foods and, and water and ele electrolytes and stuff like during my runs so that I can see what will actually work for me. So I'm building it up in my head, right? Because so much of running long distance is in your head, but also my body needs to be prepared or I could just famish. <laughs> That's fascinating. I did not, it makes sense, but I did not realize how many elements came into play with that. Uh, it's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would definitely like to touch on how to build deliberate routines rather than just having a routine for the sake of routine, right? Everybody talks about having a routine and how routines are awesome. And you can go online and find, you know, the morning routines of the 10 richest people in the world or, you know, Da Vinci's morning routine or, you know, like Steve Jobs morning routine. You can find so much information about other people's routines. And I think it's very interesting. Um, and how do you think somebody listening might go about building a deliberate routine in their own life? Mm. I, I actually was watching a video uh, on discipline recently uh, that, I, that I found fairly helpful. Um, uh, Teal Swan uh, did a video on it, if anybody's interested in looking that one up. But one of the things that she suggested in there that excuse me, resonated a lot with me was the idea, and you kind of touched on this as well, is the idea of creating a small routine based upon something that you recognize you enjoy. So you're getting a reward rapidly, but it's something that you just right now aren't used to doing. So like recognize that I feel really good when I eat fruit. So I'm going to create a routine where I eat fruit every day. And that could be potentially part of a larger discipline towards trying to have a overall healthier lifestyle, uh, physically healthier lifestyle. Um, but it also can just be its own thing of, I recognize that I like this and I want more of it. And it actually reminds me of, uh, of 
a movie. The movie itself was is is good, um, but this the title of it and one of the things that is a recurring philosophy throughout the movie is uh, "Happy, thank you, more, please." And the name of the movie, it's all like smashed together as one word, but uh, it's it's definitely something that I have internalized uh, and kind of taken ownership of myself since I first saw it <clears throat> years ago. But it's kind of just the idea of, oh, this feels good, or this makes me happy. One, I'm going to be grateful for it, uh, grateful to the universe for it, grateful to whoever was involved in helping create it, um, and then more, please. Yes, I want this. Makes me feel good. I want more of this. Uh, so that that process of creating those tiny routines based upon things that you recognize you like and you enjoy is is in a way it's kind of acting out uh, that that happy thank you more please philosophy. I love that idea so much <clears throat> because I feel like often routines get kind of a bad rap being like, I've got a routine of doing this thing that like, I don't really want to do, but I know it's good for me. Uh, but do I like, ever rag on you for your routines? Uh, I don't think you rag on me for my routines. Okay. okay. Because I think that mine uh, are good and healthy and I like them. Okay. We okay. We each other about how, uh, how much one of us likes routines and how much the other one doesn't but um i think that's i mean that's just that's a better word than that's smoke and mirrors anyway because you do like routines and you do like structure but (laughs) i think in general people are like you know oh i need to have a better routine because i wish i was a way that i'm not Mm. right like i'm gonna have a routine around doing this thing because i want to be this kind of person and i'm not that kind of person and so while i don't inherently hate that idea right like you should want to evolve through life you should make your life something that you want it to be and maybe you're not the person you want to be but you could become the person you want to be and maybe routines help with that but I love this idea of having a routine around something that brings you joy so that you can have more joy because being a person who has a routine of finding joy will make you a better person Mm. joy it will make happier people it will make more productive people it will make better people on the planet so like i am all fucking about having a routine that brings joy my routine brings me joy oh like i love what i do but i didn't necessarily start my routine for joy i started my routine because it makes my life better which is kind of joy but joy feels a little bit more um like joy feels effervescent (laughs) That's the best way I can describe it. And I don't think that my morning routine is necessarily effervescent. It's just like, okay, this is like nice and smooth and we're going to get my day started. Um, Versus like joy for me is like very bubbly and like, ah, this is amazing. And like, if I could have more routines to have more of those feelings in my life, like, fuck, my life could only get better. I think that is such a good place to start for somebody who wants to create more routines in their life is like, find something that feels good. Right. right. Like find something that brings you more joy and make habits around joy, make routines around joy. And then if you want to add on to that, you know, like running did not used to bring me joy. <laughs> running did not used to make me feel good. 
sometimes still doesn't make me feel good just like depends on the day um but I know that it like makes me a better person in myriad ways and that's probably its own podcast episode but uh it wasn't one of those things that I liked immediately right like one thing that I liked immediately was journaling so that was the first part of my morning routine was waking up and journaling right away and then I added meditation before journaling and then I added painting after journaling and now I run after that some days (laughs) and and that's fine but it did start with like journaling makes me feel good so I'm going to journal And then I think this thing is going to make me feel good. I think this thing is going to make me a better person. So I'm going to add that. And then as, as I have it as part of my growing routine, like then I get to assess, does this make me feel good? Does this make me a better person? Am I achieving the goals that I wanted to achieve with this routine? And then I adjust accordingly. Right. I, I I like, I like thinking about that in relation to some of the social routines. I believe Mm -hmm. we've, touched on uh, in other episodes as well that have been one of the things I noticed through some experiences earlier last year I noticed how much I actually missed some of the the social regular activities like a regular Sunday brunch or uh, regular time of getting coffee or drinks with friends to just discuss topics and how much I used to in some ways have that granted I when my calendar was so full I was there was definitely an aspect of that that I was just trying to hide and run from a lot of other things through that but I actually genuinely enjoy those things and Part of my whole journey I've been on for the last, what, eight, nine months of trying to kind of maybe trying to establish a home someplace has Mm -hmm. been in pursuit of being able to have those types of social routines. Uh, Another thing I think that's coming up when thinking of your morning routine is this this applies uh, as a social routine for me as well, but this time last year, I was living with a love in New Orleans. Uh, we actually recorded an episode uh, together when I was a guest about this time last year. Uh, and she and I had this, she's much more routine oriented than I am. And she and I had this morning routine that I absolutely loved to where when mornings that she was feeling reluctant to move into that, I loved it so much that I was, I felt motivated to help us move into it and vice versa. It wasn't just her leading the way the whole time, uh, but we, we had this routine where we'd go in the backyard and we would drink water, we would uh, sit in the sun, we would meditate and chant and enjoy physical touch with one another and, uh, and had check-ins on our relationship. And it was absolutely amazing. I loved it so much. And 
I have definitely noticed that for me, because I am such a social person, Mm. it felt very easy for me to pursue that routine when I was doing it with another person. That social aspect helped me feel greater desire to to have the discipline to pursue it. Whereas when I'm solo, a morning routine doesn't really appeal to me. And when I do it, it's not necessarily something that brings me a lot of joy, enough joy to motivate me uh, to stick with something like that solo. but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting to like, just to reflect on myself at how much even, even just in a pairing context, social routines are personally far more important than, uh, than individual routines. I think that is so interesting. Um, I have seen like same, same, but different. Uh, I don't necessarily have a lot of routines with other people. Part of it is lifestyle based, right? Like, like you said, like you're trying to build more social routines, more community that kind of requires you to be a little bit more stationary than we are. Um, It can be hard to have people around um, for a lot of logistical reasons, also emotional reasons. Um, A lot of my routines, I'm... I want to say all, but I don't know that that's true because speaking in absolutes is uh, unfair. The majority, the vast majority of my routines are individual, independent. I do them by myself. And when I'm around people, like when I'm around my family, when I'm around friends, when I have company, my routines have a tendency to like get kind of chipped away at, get delayed, get like chopped up into little pieces based on, you know, the timeline, because I do want to spend time with the people that I'm with when I'm around people. Um, But I love the idea of having a partner in some capacity, romantic, platonic, familial, whatever, and having deliberate social routines. You know, like when you first said social routines, I was thinking, you know, those, uh, the kind of like under the radar social routines, like, well, when I'm hanging out with this person, we generally do stuff like this. We generally talk about things like that. Mm. Um, rather than like the deliberate, like social routine, like when we get together, you know, if you're waking up with a love, like let's do this thing together. Um, or, you know, when we hang out, let's make sure that we talk about, you know, at least three things we're grateful for. And then we can like launch into like whatever the fuck we want to do anyway. Um, I love that idea because I'm trying to cultivate a little bit more interdependence in my life. Uh, I don't like being dependent. It doesn't feel good. I like being independent. It feels great. Um, but there's a limit to how much I can accomplish, to how much I can do, to how much impact I can have if I'm just doing it by myself. Um, and so I want to like build more relationships where I can come together with people and be interdependent, you know, like this podcast, like bringing yeah, like having a co-host, kind of like having a co-host and like sharing the workload. And, uh, it's, great and it's fine and it's been a learning experience right because it's like it's my baby and I don't want to share but I don't want to do it alone so I kind of have to share and I'm just gonna it's fine 
is it fine? It's fine. Is it fine? And I think that, I think that that is uh, an area of growth, a growth edge. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that like, I feel a lot more comfortable than I did a few months ago when we started doing this. I hope you do too. Um, I do. But I would like more of those kinds of things and more of those like social routines, I think could come into that and make that like a really, a much more robust part of my life. Um, do you have any suggestions for somebody who's looking to build more social routines? How might they do that? Um, what kind of dialogue would you have? What kind of, what the, would the routines look like? Any tips? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh, I feel like, I feel like a lot of it are things that for me, I'm just oriented that way. I'm just oriented towards uh, being a very social person. Um, I do think that, I mean, with any type of social interaction, communication is just vitally important of being able to, to talk with someone to find, find that win-win, to find like that thing that works really well together. Like I'm, I mentioned in a prior episode how I'm not going to be staying in Bend. I'm back in Bend briefly, uh, Oregon. And there's something from my childhood that you're able to do here in Bend that you cannot do anywhere else in the world. That's have a blockbuster night. The last blockbuster <laughs> in the world is here in Bend. Oh, and I, I so much want to have that experience of, of just going with a friend and perusing the aisles and picking out a movie and going and experiencing that. And I reached out to a friend last night who... Uh, is a little bit younger than me and mentioned this idea and like uh, it did appeal to them because they did probably didn't grow up with that type of thing like it didn't have like like that nostalgic pool and so once I saw their reaction and realized that okay there's a lot of things that this person and I really enjoy doing together this is not going to be one of them so there was another friend who is much closer to my age that I then reached out to and they were gung-ho about the idea. And so we're going to make that happen on Sunday. And I'm really excited. All of that to say that, that being able to find, find the people in your life that you can find that win-win with around whatever it is that you're wanting to create a routine for. And, and, yeah. and being able to, to discuss that and talk through that so that, cause if it's something that somebody is joining you in reluctantly, odds are, it's probably not going to have a lot of sticking power. Um, but if it's something that, uh, both people are really excited for, then it, it's much more likely to become a successful social routine, but bo- bo- both people yeah. or multiple people, if it's, uh, if it's like a weekly game night or something like that, like trying to invite someone to a weekly game night who doesn't really like board games all that much, they're probably going to dwindle off in their attendance. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, that, that reminds me, I have had some social routines pre living in the van. Uh, every time I moved someplace new, I would start a knitting group that met at a local brewery, because if you want to knit at a brewery in the evenings, we have some things in common already. We can probably be friends. And I did this over and over and over and over again. Every time I moved somewhere new, I would have a new knitting group that met at a brewery on, you know, Tuesday night, I love that. Like some random night. And we would all get together and we would knit and we would shoot the shit. And like, we'd make friends, you know, cause you put it on social media and be like, anybody else knit around here? Anybody want to join my knitting group? And then you got a bunch of people knitting at a brewery and other people sometimes are knitters and they come over, oh my God, can I join you guys? And you like make friends that way. And one of my longest lasting ones, like some weeks, none of us would knit. We would just sit around the table and talk and drink beer and have snacks. And like, that was like, it was such a good, uh, like community building and like just blow off some steam and like, just hang out with your friends and, yeah, it was, that was a really good like social routine, but yeah, it brought, it was people who were interested in the same things, meeting up to do the same things and maybe the same things evolve. And some weeks we don't knit at all. And some weeks we knit a bunch and you know, whatever. And different people can come every week, depending on what our schedules are like. Um, and yeah, like that was one of the best like social routines I think I've probably ever had. It was so much fun. I love that. And I love that you were able to successfully recreate that. Sounds like multiple times. (laughs) Yeah. I think some of the groups are still meeting, even though I'm not there, which is great. Yeah, I didn't want to be the leader of the group. You know, I didn't want to be like, well, if I'm not going, you guys shouldn't meet up. Like, no, I want this to be like a, I want it to be its own life form. Right. Right. (laughs) Ah, go you. Well, thank you. So yeah. What about y'all? What? are some of your favorite routines? What is your approach to routines? Uh, Do you find in your own life that you have more individual routines, more social routines? How does all of that play into discipline uh, for you? We would really, really love to hear all about that. Uh, Leave a comment below, whether you're Uh, seeing the post on Instagram or viewing this on YouTube, or if you're listening to the audio podcast, shoot us a message. Uh, We would love to hear your feedback and experiences. We've also still got the link up in our bios and in the show notes where you can send us a video or audio recording where you share some of this. We would really love to make a podcast episode where we feature some of those from you. Yeah, absolutely. Very curious to hear how a routine shows up in other people's lives. Um, And speaking of showing up, I want to thank everybody who has shown up for this week's episode, for last week's episode, for next week's episode. I don't care which episode you showed up for. I am just glad that you're here and you took the time to listen, watch, engage in whatever way that you have. Thank you so much. If you have not yet subscribed, go ahead and subscribe, hit the notifications. So you get notifications every time we publish new episodes, which is every week. Um, and, uh, yeah, you can find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts and go ahead and leave a five star or a thumbs up or whatever kind of review that platform allows. Cause that helps us get seen 
many algorithms. Um, if you know someone who is struggling with routine or talking about establishing new routines this year, send them this episode. Um, Beers and I both have individual Instagram accounts. We also have the Deliberate Living Podcast Instagram account. We have uh, the Patreon for the podcast um, as well, where we're going to be doing some live streams and maybe some outtakes. This episode in particular has some excellent outtakes. (laughs) (laughs) Might like a compilation of those because that'll be fun. Um, And those will only be available in the Patreon. And uh, yeah. Thank you guys all for showing up and I hope you tune in next week for another excellent episode. Bye. Awesome. Thanks. Bye.